0: And welcome to These Are Not The Songs You Are Looking For bonus episode. Bonus episode. Wah, wah, wah. Wait, is it a bonus episode? Yeah, I'm going to mark it as a bonus episode. I think you're just doing this because you want to mark something a bonus episode. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to do three? No. No, okay. this is still a bonus episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's just that way because we have things that are recorded there called episode six. Right. Right! And so this will help that. Supplemental... Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, everything's crazy right now. Let's not even talk about it. I just wanted to preface in that we are not going to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. This is not a political statement. No, this is a focus on the music, focus on excellence kind of thing. But still shining a spotlight in places where people are asking them to be uh, shown. Yeah, because cause we believe in that. Yeah. Right? Uh, mu- if anything, it should be inclusive. It should be music. You know, like yeah, because when you're listening to a person, you can't. Talk. You brought up a song today, and I was like, I didn't know that person was that race because you don't. You don't always know. Yeah, like it doesn't matter what they're singing, and it has been an issue before with people. I mean, uh, Elvis sang black people's music. Eminem has been accused of that kind of stuff too, but cultural appropriation when yeah. it comes to music. I see. I'm sensitive to that because our culture, like we, you know, we talk about Ireland a lot. We talk about Irish culture a lot. It has a musical identity, and that's good. Like, we want to be able to point to that and say, this is clearly Irish. But I'm also okay when other, when there's, you know, bagpipes in an Eminem song. And sure. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. You know, they think something I like paired with something else I like is usually good. You also like The Who. I love, we're going to talk about The Who right now. Uh, that is H-U. Uh, they are a Mongolian throat singing band and also uh, rock and roll superstars. Yeah. So, if anyone is okay with trying new things with music, I would say that you're probably the person I think of. When I think of the word eclectic, I, you fit in that box. And I like to call myself eclectic, but I, I don't listen to Mongolian throat singing, nor do I, I really want to. Well, you should, because The Who's amazing. Uh, and the, they just came out with a new version of Wolf Cry that has a hip-hop artist featured in it. And it's great. That's very cool. Also, did a song for Star Wars, uh, Riot. Nope. what is it? Jedi Jedi Order. Zero Zero. Face Principle. Fallen Order. That's what I meant. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Uh, So, which is great. I love that game. It's a good game. Uh, If you're out there, Jedi's. Thanks. You and McGregor, if you're listening to this podcast, we're big fans. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about music today uh, by artists uh, that happen to be... Uh, black and but that's not we're not gonna talk about that's why they're because that has nothing to do with necessarily why their music is great. I would delete that whole part right there. Okay and just let it be like we already did our preface preface and now let's just go ahead. Okay. Or just leave that in there so that you people can say people know that I told you that you should do it. <laughs> we'll and see. then you guys can just drop us a link yeah. and let us know who was right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite, not just musical artists, he's one of my favorite celebrities, period. Uh, I'm going to talk about Will Smith today. Bam, 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 Will Smith hit the floor. Yeah. Ground. What? 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 Well, he's getting jiggy with it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, okay, so the reason I want to talk about this is because, um, if you guys have a couple, I will say, maybe a month and a half ago, maybe six weeks ago, uh, as when we recorded this, um, An artist named Joyner Lucas, who is featured on an Eminem song, he has his own album called ADHD, Uh, he did a song called Will, and he just talked about how Will is his hero, um, and being able to look up to somebody uh, in television and be like, I want to be like that, you know, and he wrote about, and he did such a great job uh, just alluding to all of... Like, not all of, but a bunch of different movies he It would have in. been a 25-minute song yeah. if he had alluded to everything Will Smith had ever done. But, yeah, no, it's, it's got... If, if you grew up in the 90s, you know, uh, into the 2000s, he touches all kinds of childhood memories, Yeah, you know? And the music video is fantastic. Yeah. So if you have not heard of Joyner Lucas, if you have not heard of that song, I'm not going to do that song right now. But I want you to go stop your po- stop the podcast, go watch Joyner Lucas, uh, Will, watch the music video. It's amazing. He did a fantastic job. And then the reason I actually heard about it is Will Smith posted about it. Will Smith shared it on his Instagram, said, hey, this is so cool. Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, uh, he put out a remix to the song responding to Joyner Lucas. And I'm that's the song I'm going to do. I'm going to read Will Smith's version of will can you drop a link to the original song in the whatever yeah okay yeah we definitely will so click the link uh, go watch Joyner lucas just i mean kill it on the track he's, he's amazing all right uh but then here is will's remix by will smith you feeling like me i feel like a prince that turned into a king found me a queen started a family and got a team like i was inspired by nelson mandela I gave him a rose for every endeavor. And shout out to Julius Irving, one of the legends I worship. Muhammad Ali put the work in. He was champ, the greatest. He earned it. I love that you think that I'm perfect, but I have plenty of mistakes and burdens. My grandmother thought I was worthless. She always got at me when I was searching. Willie been cold since Benny and Jerry. I wouldn't be Willie. I couldn't be me if there wasn't no Eddie. I wouldn't be Will if I wasn't from Philly. Ain't nothing much that you can really tell me. Must have forgot that I really get busy. Fresh prints make the babes crazy. Rest in peace, James Avery. Even when the streets call me corny, I still ain't ever let the hate break me. I just want the respect first. I still ain't ever let the fame change me. New me, but I'm old school. They must have forgot who invented Get Jiggy. Back before, there were streaming sales. Way before all the iTunes and the fans got all the CDs still. 60 million records sold. I was on fire. I didn't even need a grill. Did it all with no cuss words. I didn't have to curse just to keep it real. Me and Jazz in the late 80s, writing rhymes, making tapes daily. Big Willie on the Pro Tools. Still fresh. I'm so smooth. I've got my old shoes. I give Jada 1,000 kisses. Ain't nothing changed since 02. Martin Lawrence get a rose, too. He the legend and the goat, too. Man, I love how you break the rules. Pushing limits make it cool. Joyner Lucas wasn't made to lose. You a legend in the making, too. What a beauty. My life's a movie. I swear I'm only on take two. All my kids turned out great. And I know your son's gonna be great, too. Brick by brick. Building a wall that no one can break. Flip by flip. Glad I could help you so you could be straight. And life's a trip. But who could relate? Legends are gone, but it's not too late to give him a rose and carry the grace because not every hero is wearing a cape. I'm feeling like Will. I feel like a prince. I'm feeling myself. I'm loaded with bills because I wasn't blessed with no Uncle Phil. Don't know how it feels. I wanted to flex. They told me to chill. I'm making a flip. My life's a flick. When he, like, turned 50, he wanted to do something big, so he really got into social media and started doing all this stuff and then you know quarantine happened and he put out a series on snapchat called will from home and he would interview doctors and psychologists and you know the cast of fresh prince uh steve-o from jackass uh, you know, uh, YouTubers that that you know that he had met that aren't nearly on the same level as him, but he just grabbed people, and this is what I want to talk about today. So this is what we're going to talk about, mm. you know. And it's just nothing was ever negative. You know, he never d- uh, dwelt on the fact that you know things are bad. He would grab questions from children uh, about COVID. And then bring on a doctor and have him talk about it, or a psychologist and have him talk about it. Like isn't uh, isn't David Krasinski doing the same Jim from the office yeah. doing a similar thing. Man, I want them to join. Be forces. friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want them to, to be heroes together. And just see who can outdo each other in the best in the best possible way. Yeah. 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 What kind of rivalry would that be? Yeah, I think uh, John Krasinski threw a prom yeah. prom for everybody. Yeah. What a guy, man. uh, You know what, though? Okay, people, lots of people, I guess, you know, maybe I'm I'm looking at this more from my parents' perspective than anybody else. But I I feel like, you know, our parents generally think celebrities are jackasses. I think a lot of other people do, too. Kind of just write them off and dismiss them. And, you know, maybe some of them deservedly so, because they're all human beings, and some human beings are as crappy as others. But there are celebrities that are, like, taking positivity seriously like like knowing that they have a platform and using it in a way that is probably less lucrative than it could be sure because they don't need the money yeah and yet they're doing something positive with it anyway if i had all the money in the world to be ridiculous with i would do ridiculous things i know who i am i would be a weirdo because it would be entertaining but will smith is instead choosing to like you know, uh, uh, raise the tide and float everybody's boats together, yeah, and that's really, really, really cool. That's yeah. what I want from celebrities. Yeah, and and he, people make, obviously people the fan art people make, uh, like Featuring will, he'll tag them and show it on his Instagram. So if you scroll through his Instagram, some of it's him, and some of it's just you know, some guy that nobody's ever heard of, except for his family. And he, someone had sent him a picture of him cartoonized mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in uh, in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and then he showed it, and he's like, "Hey, man, this is dope." And you're like, "Man, that made that guy's day. Yeah. Maybe made him some money, but more importantly, validated what he was doing." Yeah. You know, how many people get that from the source? Yeah. You know, not, not that many. And so this is taking it even to another level. Uh, Junior Lucas is a bigger. It's not he's nobody's ever heard of. He's yeah. you know featured on Eminem uh, in Eminem's last album. And he's got, he's got his own album, but coming back at it like this and talking about, you know, throwing Joyner Lucas's name in the same people with Nelson Mandela, uh, Dr. Julius Irving, Muhammad uh, and Muhammad Ali, and Martin Lawrence, and I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gotta be, I don't know, um, to, I don't want to say legitimized, because like you said, he was already a known person, Right. But for somebody to release kind of a YouTube-specific whatever, I'm assuming that the other one, Feeling Like Will, was dropped on YouTube first. It was dropped on YouTube know. and part of his album. Okay, so yeah. still in a smaller format, right, um, for that to just like, be uh, something that he probably didn't get permission from Will Smith to do at the beginning, just decided to do it because, hey, it's positive, nobody's going to get mad at that. And then for Will Smith to not only say, yeah, no, that's cool, but to like make it bigger than it was yeah. is great. Yeah, that's not going to be my best read ever. This song is, again, this is probably the newest song we've done. This song is two weeks old. It's not an album. He released it on YouTube. Um, it even took me a little while to find all the lyrics. And if they're not right, I apologize. But it gets the, the point across that Will Smith is probably the most positive person in the world. He's, he's got to be among them. He uh, He's kind of one of the inspirations for... Well, I don't know if he's an inspiration or he just, like, is... Doing the same thing that I want to do. But yeah, like a, a push for excellence, uh, you know, a, a push for mindfulness that doesn't feel preachy or new age. You know, that's that's kind of what he's embodying yeah. for me. And I I appreciate that somebody cool is doing that. Yeah. You know, he's not a dopey weirdo guru. He's fucking Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's been in action movies and he's been in, you know, people's fav- one of people's favorite sitcoms from the 90s. And, and he's just... Who he is. Yeah. You know, and it's so it's so cool to see what he does. I mean, he took I mean, and it's crazy because, like, I had heard of Joiner Lucas, but I wouldn't have it would never have caught my attention. What I follow would not have shown me Joiner Lucas's stuff, and I've heard other songs by him now. Like, he used his platform, like you said, to raise other people's boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's all kinds of times that he does this. And I I, I just wish I like, I like you said, I wish that, or I hope that if I ever was famous, I could be as positive and mm-hmm. take it as seriously as he does, you know? Because it just, people need more of that, you know? And he doesn't take himself seriously, you know? But he's always talking about his kids and what they're doing and their music and their endeavors. Uh, his wife has, and his daughter, and I think his mother-in-law, have a show uh, called Red Table Talk that's on Facebook Live, and he... You know posts about it and will show up to it and, he, and no matter what people are doing around him, he wants to not make it about himself but make it about him mm-hmm. you know make it about them e- yeah make it about them you know and it's it's so cool i and this song you know when when you're thinking about like just doing this, how many people have done that yeah, yeah. you know it's it, I hope it's a new trend I hope it's starting a new trend i feel I feel like there's a line that kind of encapsulates uh what the entire song is about the very first time he says when Will Smith says, you're feeling like Will, you hear the question mark at the end of his voice and then somebody else drops, not somebody else, but, like, a producer drops a whoa yeah from Will Smith in there. Yeah. And you know it's Will Smith saying that. Yeah. So, like, it's that, like, it could have stopped there. Like, that woe is everything else that he wanted to say. Like, I'm flattered. You feel like me? Wow. I can't believe you feel like, like, I can't believe I deserve that honor. I think there's a humility to, like, Will Smith in that, every a lot of people in the 90s who watched um, Fresh Prince Fresh Prince looked up to James Avery's character Dr uh, Mr. Phil. Uh, Uncle Phil Uncle Phil and they and they wanted n- maybe not necessarily to be like him but they wanted people in their life like him yeah and i think he's I, a good role model yeah yeah i don't think Will Smith realized that at some point he he moved became able. over that <laughs> yeah like not not only did he like, people wanted to be like him, but when you watch something like The Pursuit of Happiness, you also want people in your life like him. Yeah. You know? And I think that's... I think it takes him by surprise that he's looked up to, and I think that's... That's part of why he's a good celebrity, I Yeah. Think, you know? Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's another line in there from Joyner Lucas that is also really good, uh, centering around Uncle Phil, when he says, I'm loaded with bills. And coming from a rapper, you think that means I've got all kinds of money in my pocket, right? Yeah. But then when he follows that up with, I wasn't blessed with Uncle Phil. Yeah. Those bills are not money. Those no, bills that's are money, like dude. the bills piling up. Yeah. And that, because of how that's rolled out, even the cadence that comes with it is masterful. Yeah. It's a good line on its own merit, you yeah. know? Um, and then for Will Smith to like get it and come back with it is even cooler. Um, and you know, you, you said that's not gonna be one of your best reads, and I think it's hard with well-written rap to do that yeah. because because the syllable counts, right? Like yeah. this this is done same as Shakespeare's poetry. It's hard to read the Weird Sisters Macbeth spell and not and not go yeah. with a cadence, you yeah. know, and it's because of how the syllables are put together in those words. Yeah. The stress-unstress. Yeah, that, that is impressive to me on an objective level. That's, yeah. that's some of the stuff where when I talk about, hey, Nicki Minaj is a talented writer-artist, yeah. that's what I'm talking about, or moments like that. That shows me that, you know, the guy who wrote it, whether you're talking about Will Smith or Joyner Lucas, they know what they're doing linguistically. And, and that's, that's really cool. And that's where rap is actually probably more like poetry yeah. than normal songwriting, is you could go through by, by syllable and say stressed-unstressed, whereas in normal music... It would pretty much just be the last syllable or word. A lot of times, it kind of depends on the, you know, it depends on what you're going for with the song, but I think that that's become a much more acceptable practice now. Is And it, I think it actually started with some ju- subgenres of hip-hop in, like, the early 2000s, that, you know, cramming as many syllables into a space as possible also takes a kind of lyrical talent, but it doesn't take the same kind of writing talent. Sure, you know? Eminem has both, which is why some people believe that Eminem is going to be, you know, the best rapper of the age, you know, a hundred years from now, they'll look back on Eminem and he'll be the, you know, prince of hip hop for that kind of reason. But, you know, I don't know. When I found this, I sent this link to you and you had texted me saying that you thought that both these songs kind of reminded you of uh, Little Dicky. Yeah. And then we got to talk about uh, the difference between East Coast rap and West Coast rap. Yeah, specifically I was talking about the flow. Yeah. Right, which is kind of what we're talking about now with the words creating a cadence just yeah. from their syllables and sound. Um and I think that that is uh I don't know, it's it's interesting to me that you can take a flow. You don't necessarily take the lyrics, but you can take a flow and use that. Yeah, I That's didn't neat to me. I didn't realize like there's genre breakdowns where things sound the same, but in rap it's it's the same genre unless yeah. you want to really specify the difference between East Coast rap and West Coast rap is different. And all, yeah, you're starting to get into, like, gangster rap and stuff like that. But then, to to say that there's, like, a dialect, almost, yeah. between East Coast rap and West Coast rap... Or Philly, specifically, which is what you brought yes. up, was that Lil Dicky is from Philly, and so maybe this is just kind of a hometown flow yeah. that people use. You know, I've obviously never been part of a rap battle, but sure. that's, it's interesting to think about it that way, that that's, that's where they pick up the you know the cadence that they're using is from like the the practice grounds the proving grounds that yeah. they're practicing. It. But not only are, you know, both of us from the West Coast, I think both of us usually lean towards more uh like LA style. I mean like uh and uh, I don't know where Eminem falls in any of this being in the middle of the country, but well, he feels more West Coast to me than because well, you got all that Dr. Dre influence on sure. Eminem, you know, at, what produced the first four albums exclusive? like Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I, I feel like there is a lot of West Coast influence on Eminem. But I almost feel like uh, for for this one, I, I am more of a West Coast guy. I remember listening to E-40, in, who's from the Bay Area, and re, like realizing that nothing else really sounded like the stuff that this guy does, except for a few years later, that's what everybody was doing. Kind of like making these very drifty back and forth, kind of sliding around the lyrics, uh, you know, inside the 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 rhythm, um is is an E forty thing. I don't know, I got lost when I I don't know why I was talking about that. So the real question is which of Will Smith's characters that he played? Yeah that he's played would win a rap battle? If you take out Will Smith playing Will Smith in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which character would win a rap battle It's set up in a style of like the Epic Rap Battles of History. Well, that, but also in a tournament form. Okay. So who who's going to on top? top of the pyramid? Yeah. Uh, Hancock is my gut instinct. Okay. Um, but I would also like to see him rap from the guy's perspective in I Am Legend. I want to hear what oh, that rap sounds like. That would like. be very dark. It would be dark, but also kind of badass. I sure. feel like it would be one of those, like, tragic gangster rap albums, uh, you know, along the lines of Coolio, you know? Um... It could even be something about like you know Undead Paradise or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got. That. I think he'd do well. I don't see how anyone can beat Genie. He has cosmic powers. Ooh, and and lyrical talent. Yes, like some of those songs are pretty good. Yeah, you know. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, but you know, Hancock is a superhero. It's true. The prob- problem is, Genie has drive. Mm-hmm. You know, Genie's hungry for success. Yeah, Hancock is not. No, he's at a drunk. All. Yeah. Yeah. So like he'd be kinda entertaining, but honestly he probably wouldn't even show up to the final. Yeah, but battle. he'd have a good like he'd have a good beat drop moment when he was like, Call me an asshole one more time. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like Hancock would have some potential he'd be the story that I'd want to follow. Sure. But yeah, Jeannie would probably pull that out at the end. Yeah. 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 It's good. Will Smith if you're listening. Well, first of all, thanks. But if you could figure out how to make this tournament happen, true. That's going to be a lot of work on your part, and the property rights are going to be a nightmare when it comes to intellectual uh, property. But I want to know, he keeps talking about giving a rose. Is that a reference to, like, The Bachelor, or is that something else? I have no idea. Okay. Because I've never seen The Bachelor, but I'm aware of the principle that, like, they give out roses to the people, or the the women that they're going to continue dating. But I don't know if that, like, is a reference to something else. If it isn't, and he is referencing The Bachelor here... I think I might be even more impressed because he just, like, used reality TV to, to say something important. I feel like maybe he's talking about laying roses on someone's grave. And so oh. talking about giving a... Is Martin Lawrence dead? No, 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 but oh. Joyner Lucas talks about giving someone a rose before they're dead. Okay. In the in the original song, so he's saying, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to honor you before you're dead, because otherwise, that's what we do is we go to a grave and put flowers on it. So even if Joyner Lucas yeah. is the one who's using the bachelor yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like icons yeah. as uh, something that's more literarily important, yeah, I, I, he still gets credit. That's, sure, that's kind of amazing to me. Sure. So there you go. There's there's Will Smith for today. Okay. I will continue to be enamored by him. Yeah. So, you're going with today. Yeah, you're going to stay contemporary. I'm going to go all the way back to, like, the 1890s and maybe even a little bit before. And I'm going to talk about Gishi Wiley. Um, She was a, uh, you know, blues singer. um, Never really successful because musicians weren't really successful back then. Like, she probably, well, she definitely recorded some stuff because we have some, like, very special recordings of her. Uh, you know, look up, if we can drop a link, we should, um, but, like, people who study music study some of her recordings because they're rare and because they're, like, so old. They're some of the oldest, truly American pieces of music that we have. Um, and I got kind of a cool story to go along with that, but let me read the lyrics first, and then we'll, uh, get into that. So, when we're talking about, uh, you know, kind of creating a flow, The last kind words I heard my daddy say, if I die, if I die in that German war, I want you to send my body, send it to my mother. If I get killed, please don't bury my soul. I prefer you to just leave it out. Let the buzzards eat me whole. When you see me coming, look across the rich man's field. If I don't bring you flour, I'll bring you bolted meal. I went to the depot. I looked up at the sun and I cried some the train didn't come. And there'll be some walking done. My mom told me, just before she died, Lord, precious daughter, don't be so wild. The Mississippi River, you know it's deep and it's wide, and I can stand right here and see my baby from the other side. What you do to me, baby, it never gets out of me, and I may not see you after I cross that deep blue sea. I don't want to belabor the point but the blues are sad the blues are sad um and the blues are mystical which which is more what fascinates me with the blues than the sadness um i don't i don't i mean i don't feel sad most of the time just because i live in a first world country and i do pretty well for myself but the the heartfelt plea for something mystical to happen, or the confusion that comes from being involved in something that you don't understand outside of a mystical way, is something that really connects with me. That's that's something that just really like I don't know uh, uh, makes the blues important for me. Um, you know, pair that with the idea that the blues are like one of the first truly American styles of music, you know, made by Americans and still played today and practiced as a craft. Yeah. is important to me as well yeah because it's it's not just a style of writing or a style of singing blues guitar sounds like nothing else, yeah um, and like the other instruments that go along with it are different, yeah, but blues guitar specifically, you could just listen to a blues guitar for a while, I mean you can put it you can go to Amazon and put in blues guitar, and yeah. you're going to come up with albums yeah. full of not necessarily blues albums but people playing guitar in that style yeah that slide is an important that 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 they just put a ring on their finger yeah and and they they do the slide that's important with it and it just takes you somewhere else yeah yeah very vivid in a different way than the storytelling stuff that we normally talk about but i want to i want to stay with like the mechanics of it for just a second um so this song is was made famous probably not written by originally but was made famous by uh gishy wiley who is her own like an icon of the ancient blues world and everything else? But um, there's a woman named Rhiannon Giddens um, who is working on a. She has a version of this song too. I like it better because it's newer and her voice is amazing and beautiful and everything else. But she's working on a project, or maybe that's already done and it's already out. But uh, at one point, she was working on a a project where she was singing original blues or you know old blues songs in old blues style using only old instruments even using like old recording techniques but updated to like uh, you know our level so of the tech level tech now. of audio comes out better cuz yeah. that song comes out scratchy and stuff when you listen to it yeah if you find a, an original version of the song you can find an original version of the song and it is a big deal people study it like looking for linguistic type stuff music type stuff even sound technology type stuff and that's neat Or you can look up Rhiannon Giddens' version and get a modern version of the same song. um, And their voices sound different, but they have this same like kind of haunting, I want to say almost empty quality, but it's not empty because it's like brimming with soul, but it's just, there's a hole in it. There's something different in a woman singing blues than there is a man singing blues. I'll agree with that. The quality of the voice, I'm not saying one is better than the other, I'm just saying the quality of the voice is very, very different. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the subject matter almost all the time, too. Sure. Um, you know, we get... So this song, this song is really neat, and I want to highlight the mystical aspect uh, a little bit. But, you know, it, clearly the song is, you know, her man goes off to war, um, says, don't bury me, like, I, you know, I, I don't want to be sitting in the ground rotting, right? Um, and that's, that points to something kind of superstitious or spiritual, Right. And then she has this kind of weird relationship with her mother. Her mother wants her to quit being so wild. You probably get the sense because she slept with her man before he went off to fight freaking the Germans. So, you know, I guess, oh, that German war? I guess this song isn't 1890s. No. I guess this song would have to be 1920s, or 19... teens Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, it depends. World War One, World War II. But, but in any case, we've got, uh, man, now I feel like an idiot for going on about how it's like 19... Well, that doesn't mean stuff. she does have recordings that are that old. It's just not this one. I don't even know if she has recordings that are that old. But still, I, I could have been talking off base. I do that a lot. But the, the, the important thing is here, at some point, the man in the story dies, right? And she is working out in the field doing her normal daily routine, and she looks up across the Mississippi River, and she can see her man uh, standing on the banks of the other side of the river. But He's dead. You know, that that river, especially the Mississippi River in American literature. Yeah, very, very mystical. Full of symbolism and a lot of times used as a metaphor for death. So seeing him on the other side of that river, I'm getting goosebumps just by, like, talking about this. It's, It's such a, this song is so full of somebody's real experience to me. Even if we're not talking about something that's truly mystical. Even if we're just talking about missing somebody who died so bad that you think you see them. That's a real moment. Yeah. you know, and it's it's so you can feel it in her voice in yeah. the song. Yeah, the the Mississippi River in, in American music and movies and I mean, you you use it as a geography point, mm-hmm. anything west or east of the yeah. Mississippi. Uh you that old muddy water. Like all of these things refer to that, but they also end up meaning bigger things. Yeah, yeah. They collect meaning throughout the year. It's like know? a and, touchstone. But it is like a touchstone. Um but uh you know, bodies of water have that quality anyway you sure. talk about the Danube you talk about the Nile whatever, but the Mississippi River is that for us yeah like that's the first like I don't know that that was the it's, f- the first giant insurmountable almost landmark that I think we came across it, as settlers. It's our first big one. Yeah. Uh, the Rocky Mountains are also crazy yeah, we're and also awesome. Mississippi first though. Yeah, but that's a long time coming. Oh, yeah, know, yeah, between, yeah, between yeah between expansion. The and Mississippi that, yeah. River is the first thing that we that no one else knew about before yeah. we were like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome, you know? Because the, the the you talk about the ocean, like everybody knew about the Atlantic Ocean, but you know, not as many people knew what the Mississippi was. Like I'm glad we finally got to include a bodies of water portion yeah, um on our important. music on our music podcast. Yeah. We live yeah. Um, in a desert. So old man river, if you're out there, give us a call. That's the spiritual embodiment of the Mississippi. And also possibly, like, the mystical uh, equivalent of Uncle Sam before we had an Uncle Sam as a country. Like, the spirit of the country is supposed to reside inside the mighty Mississippi River. So I even... I, I, this is a little bit off, but it's so funny that you talk about the Mississippi being this mystical thing, because in a book series I just read that's like a weird West kind of thing... You gotta tell them what it is. Uh, it is the 13th Child book series she bases like the, the there's you know w- the wild and there's you know dragons over there and the thing that protects them is the settlement spell and it's powered by the mississippi river the mississippi river is literally what keeps everybody alive mm-hmm. which is exactly what it did in real life as well it was like this thing that we we use for trade and stuff but it was also dangerous and deep and mu- like murky water it's not like clear so it's like this give and take kind of thing and it kind of feels like that in the song too you know, she's obviously living on the banks of the Mississippi River, so she's um she's benefiting by it, it to some degree or another. You know? That's money flowed down the river. It's mm-hmm. just what it did, you know. Patricia Weird, thirteenth child series. It's a three book series. Patricia Reed. W-R-E-D-E. Read. 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 Yeah. I can't. Oh. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's why I listen to it. Uh also, check out Rian Giddens' um, preserving musical history by finding talented people who are passionate about types of recording, about, you know, original instruments, um, about preserving lyrics. Uh, that's important, too. So, you know, keep that going um, if you can. Yeah, when we were in New Orleans, we heard some, like, live blues stuff, too. Like, it it was more classic rock and roll, yeah. but there was people practicing this in the bars, yeah. you know? And it's it's something that is, you're right, is distinctly American. Like, I can't tell you of a blues song from Europe. You know, and there probably is. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure that it caught on somewhere and somebody yeah. recorded a song. But, like, yeah, it's, you know, it's... Uh... American in the best way. It's yeah. American in that it's new, it's different than what other people are you know, talking and thinking about. It's spiritual, but not in a right-wing Christian kind of way. Just in a, hey, we're going to acknowledge that we all feel something beyond the physical here as just kind of an accepted thing. Uh, th- those are all the best parts of American. It's, it's the short story. Is the American short story. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I and mean, we can get into the American short story, but this is not a literature podcast. This is not a literature podcast. That's mm. not what we do here. That right. is not our platform. It's not our platform. It's true. Uh, so I think it's time for ratings. 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 Uh, okay, so, man, Will Smith, um, okay, I, I don't know if we can rate these songs based purely on the songs. No. Right? the based purely on the lyrics this time around. Because what we're kind of looking for here is like being a good example, almost, uh, at least in this song, or at least, you know, something that's bigger than yourself, I think is what we're looking for here. Uh, Bigger than just the music. And I think that Will Smith gets a five out of five from me on this one, because as a big Will Smith fan, how big a dream would that be for Will Smith to not not only hold up your project and say, this is good, I approve of it. But to participate in it unasked, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's that that's great. I'd be giddy, yeah, you know, and and I'm sure Joyner Lucas is too, yeah. Like you he feels if you like feel, Will, yeah, yeah. And so just you know, that would be that would be the most epic thing to happen. And so yeah, five out, five out of five just for being you know Will, and even for his music, I would say this is some of the best. I agree. I, I like getting jiggy with it. Some of his stuff is fun, but this feels important. This is I feel like this is the uh, what's the what's the movie that you just referenced where he's the Wall Street guy? Uh, 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 pursuit of Happiness. This is the Pursuit of Happiness. Sure. Of Will Smith's songs. Sure. Yeah. It's not just you know making music with his best friend, which is a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is also him being like, look at all these things. Yeah. Let me shine the spotlight. He's playing the mentor here, yeah. and his version of playing the mentor is not saying act like me. It's appreciate all this amazing shit that's around. Yeah. Because I'm. Now I'm probably not gonna play Miami later, but I will play this song later. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So five out of five. Okay, and yeah. we'll go to your song. This is the first time okay. I ever heard it. Yeah. Um. Again, it's hard for me to rate on the music here, especially on the original version of the song. The recording is so scratchy and so old that it's interesting without being good. Yeah. You know. Um. The uh uh. My first exposure to this song was actually in somebody's essay that they wrote about uh, you know being part of a experimental program in a college that was trying to uh figure out unknown words basically writing lyrics to to old American songs and reading the experience that this guy had um you know trying to figure out that phrase bolted meal that I said because nobody says bolted meal that just means flour ground by a, a you know a heavy bolt okay um So, you know, I have great experiences with this song, but I don't necessarily... And that's uh, an essay by John Jeremiah Sullivan, by the way, another talented guy. Um, Yeah, so, you know, I have good experiences with this song without necessarily loving the original music. Um, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5, just for being what it is, even though the music isn't something I'm going to play, you know, repeatedly. Yeah, the music isn't something I'm going to play repeatedly, but the lyrics... Yeah. Don't lose anything. No, which is fantastic, and that's why that, that's why the stuff that Rhiannon Giddens does yes. is so cool. And it's so funny because you know we make this joke a lot. Like people talk about old music, and it's like, well, I have stuff that you know the writer is dead, you know, and yeah. it's not not tragically. They could have lived a whole life. Who it was? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and I both enjoy music that is so old there aren't original recordings. Of. Yeah, yeah. I I like uh, you know I I like the oral tradition. Yeah, you know, I think it's neat. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to give this song for what it is a, a four out of five. I'm going to give a recording glass, but I'm, I'm going to give this song what it is a four out of five. Sounds like a fair, a fair thing. Yeah. All right. Good trade. Yeah. All right. Now not see you next week this time because this is a bonus episode. This is a bonus episode. Bonus. 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 All right. So see you in a few minutes. See you in a few minutes.